Welcome to On The Move from the Texas A&M Department of Kinesiology and Sport Management. In this episode, we hear from Dr. James Flucky and one of his former students about the importance of setting students up for success. Howdy and welcome to another episode of On The Move. I'm Chelsea Reber and today I am joined by two very special guests. We have Katie Franklin on. She is a 2014 graduate from Texas A&M and we are joined once again by Dr. James Flucky. So both of you, thank you so much for being here today. Katie, we're going to start with you. Uh, you may have just as many jobs as I do. It feels like I was reading your bio and I could not catch up with everything you're doing right now. So explain to me a little bit about what it is all that you are doing. Yeah, I, I keep myself busy. Um, so I, after I graduated from Texas A&M in 2014, I started physical therapy school at Texas State University and graduated with my doctorate of physical therapy in 2017. Um, and since that time, have been working in clinical practice. My primary practice area is pediatrics, and I work in the neonatal intensive care unit at Baptist Health System in San Antonio. Um, outside of clinical practice, I am in pursuit of my PhD in physical therapy uh, through Texas Women's University in Houston. Um, I am finishing up my coursework and preparing for my qualifying exam and dissertation. So nice to feel that there's an end in sight there. Um, had a, I've had a great experience with that program um, and have met a lot of wonderful people and learned a lot um, through that opportunity as well. And then I recently um, started a faculty position. I work, um, for, I work remotely for the University of Utah in their Department of Physical Therapy and Athletic Training. Um, and I teach course content as the hybrid lead in pathophysiology and pediatrics. Katie, you graduated from Texas A&M in 2014. And then in 2022, just a few months ago, really, you won the Outstanding Alumni Award. What did that honor mean to you? That meant so much to me. Um, to be honest with you, I am still surprised that I got it. I'm very thankful to the folks who nominated me and to the folks who sat on on the selection committee. Um, very kind of them. Uh, I'm honored and I'm humbled um, to be in the room with the other awardees was just a really special experience. Felt like I was standing around giants, um, just some total rock stars in their fields. Um, so that was very much an honor. Dr. Flucky, it's kind of hard to brag on yourself. So I'm going to let you brag on Katie. <laughs> oh, that from... will be so hard to do. <laughs> I tell you. From your perspective, why did she deserve that award? Uh, I think you're seeing it for yourself. She has this tremendous blend of humility and, and intellect. Um, she, uh, She's amazing. She, uh, I, I often pondered whether she even recognized how great she is um, with that humility. Um, fortunately, it, uh, uh, it didn't deter her from pursuing her dreams. Mm -hmm. Okay, so, um, but yeah, she's an amazing, uh, just outstanding human being. Speaking of dreams, Katie, you kind of strike me as somebody who said, I don't have to do just one thing. I can do all of the things that I love. Do you think that's going to become more normal for people in this field, or do you kind of find yourself to be a unicorn? I definitely don't think I'm special enough to be a unicorn, um, but I do think that, that that approach is going to become more normal. Um, 
being able to find a blend of clinical practice and teaching and research that is all meaningful to me um, has has taken a lot of work, um, but it's something that I value so much. And so I think folks who are interested in going into physical therapy um, or into any of the health professions need to understand that there are so many options out there. There's so many opportunities. Um, and so taking the time and setting your intentions and being willing to kind of make it what you want, um, I think it is huge. So don't, don't be afraid to do that. This is kind of a question for the both of you, but Katie, I'll start with you. What are some steps that undergraduate students can take while they're still in school to better prepare themselves for their future career? That's a great question, Chelsea. Um, something that I've felt strongly about since my time at Texas A&M and through my time at Texas State and then now in my career is that folks should do things that are meaningful to them because they want to do them. Um, so I always had a problem when students or advisors would say, oh, you need to do this because it looks good for your resume. No, because then when it comes time for an interview or for you to talk meaningful about what you meaningfully about what you've done, you won't be able to say much about it except that you did it because you had to do it. Um, so f take the time while you're in school to seek out those opportunities, to try out different things, to find what really makes your heart sing so that you can get involved. And those ex early experiences will snowball into different opportunities down the road. Um, so don't be afraid to put yourself out there. Know that it's going to be uncomfortable sometimes because being vulnerable is hard and trying new things is hard and learning and growing can be really difficult. Um, and just recognize that there are so many options available at Texas A&M. Um, and so take the time to seek them out while you can. Dr. Flucky, I'll reword it a little bit differently for you. What do you see undergraduate students doing differently than their peers that really sets them apart while they're here at Texas A&M? Good question. Um, I, I think as an instructor, and I had a lot of years experience of being an instructor, and I, I taught the core required course for our program majors. Mm -hmm. um, it was a physiology of exercise. And, and let me just say that there are so many prerequisites that you have to pass in order to get into that particular course. And our students pass those courses. But from the instructor side, you know when someone took a class just to pass, kind of like what Katie was talking about, mm -hmm. look good on your resume, you have to get this in the professional phase to get into the professional phase, or the people who were hungry and passionate to learn, right? And, and with Katie, you could see immediately that she took those classes to better edify her, her education as opposed to, gee, I just got to get through these to pass them so I could get into the professional phase. And it shows up immediately. First exams, um, just the insightful questions coming from the students. And it, that by itself will just set them apart from the people who are there just to get their degree, just to get their, you know, get through this particular cat class. And, um, you know, Katie was uh, arguably maybe the best student I ever had at the undergrad level. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I know that is absolutely true. And, and if Steve-O's listening to this, um, <laughs> you let him know, I stand by that decision, okay? Um, but bottom line is, um, 
you know, with, with, I, I had the luxury of also working with Katie, not, not like from a mentor standpoint in a research lab because she was working with another professor who has since retired. Mm-hmm. Um, every day I saw her, and every day her questions were extraordinarily insightful. Mm-hmm. She was thinking on different levels mm-hmm. from the get-go. Um, and uh, and I, I got to tell you, I, I, every day I'd come in, have you seen the light? Katie, have you seen the light? You need to come do a Ph.D. with me. And, uh, and she was driven by her passion to become a physical therapist. And I, I will forgive her for that because it looks like she's going to be okay, um, as a physical therapist, but bottom line, and I, I, I would love to have had her as a researcher, Mm. but let me, let me just one more thing. Mm -hmm. There are people in this world, no matter what career path they choose, you just know they're going to be the best at what they do, regardless of whether it's wait staff or a chef, or a scientist, or a physical therapist, mm-hmm. and that's just Katie. I, I, whatever career path she chooses, and she's chosen, not so wisely in my opinion, <laughs> but bottom line is um, she's going to be great. She is great. Katie, you could have been a dolphin trainer, and you would have succeeded. <laughs> that's what I'm hearing. <laughs> that would have been fun. That would have been fun. <laughs> Katie, how professors like Dr. Flucky impacted you and your career? So I think Dr. Flucky kind of touched on this a little bit in the answer to his last question. Um, When he talked about asking if I had seen the light, um, even though I knew at the time that that wasn't the career path that I had envisioned for myself, knowing that somebody believed in me enough to tell me that I could make it as a PhD researcher in muscle physiology meant so much to me. Um, And now that I'm pursuing my PhD in an unrelated field, I think about those words all the time. When I interviewed for the PhD, when I was accepted, when I started my coursework, when I took my core faculty position, I would think about Dr. Flucky and folks like him who showed me throughout my time in undergrad that they believed that I could do that. Um, And that was so powerful. Those words have so much meaning. um, And I'm, I'm just thankful for, for that impact on my life. Dr. Flucky, I know that you've kind of gotten out of the teaching aspect and you're more into just the research side of things right now, Mm -hmm. correct? But you taught for a very, very long time and you've got students who are now getting into teaching. Uh, What is your advice to somebody kind of entering their first or second year as a teacher, professor? What's something that you look back on early, early on in your career? Oh, goodness. Um... So I, I, I think, uh, and, and Katie can probably attest to this, you know, you have, uh, and I, I'm going to be very careful here. Um, you take a class and you can tell within probably the first couple of weeks of a class whether the instructor is there to weed you out or to nurture you, mm-hmm. right? And I will just tell you that I'm a nurturer. Okay. Um, I'm one of those that I... Uh, everybody, I want to pull everybody along. I want to make sure that everybody's getting the education they deserve. But on occasion, like with the, the Katie Elmers, now Franklin's, um, they, uh, you just see something special in those, in, in, in those particular students, and you want to do everything you can to make sure that you give them the path to success that they deserve, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I always make the joke. I said, I'll, I'll give you everything I have intellectually. It's up to you to take it. Um, so... Um, and some students take you up on that offer and some don't, and they're just going to get their grade and go on through. And, 
and that's great. I mean, that's fine. But when when the Katies come around, um, yeah, you, you want to make sure that they have every resource available that they can that they can push forward. Um, and I, I think, you know, I, I think my students pick up on that. I, they pick up on the fact that I will take them as far as they want to go. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, that's kind of how I view the entire educational. Um, that's my philosophy in a nutshell. How's that? Yeah. And uh, Katie touched on this a lot, uh, but and I think you can sense this from her. The biggest part of this is passion, whether they are passionate about what they want to be in life. And mm-hmm. some people get an early, early bird's eye view of what that life is going to look like, and they just they they put that passion into motion. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you see that, you just got to keep nurturing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now, Katie, obviously you are teaching remotely because you're teaching at the University of Utah, correct? Correct. Yeah. So how have you implemented some things that you learned in a in-person classroom, even though you are teaching virtually? That's a great question, Chelsea. Um, I think, you know, we've we've talked about this a little bit during, during this interview, is making sure people feel seen and heard and valued. Um that can happen through a screen. You and I are having this conversation right now. And I, you know, you can feel when someone's in it and someone cares. Um, so those, those qualities carry over whether you're face to face or whether you're virtual. Um, and then when you think about things kind of from a more pedagogical standpoint, um, embracing different learning styles, making sure that you have active learning opportunities in your classroom, whether that's a hybrid classroom or a traditional classroom, <clears throat> those same principles apply. Um, so it, it's a it's a combination of using solid teaching practices, which I'm blessed to be at a program that has that as their foundation. Um, but then also on a personal level, making sure that students feel that one-on-one connection. Mm-hmm. Looking back at your time at Texas A&M, was there one moment that you can kind of remember or pinpoint that you realized this is exactly where I belong, this is exactly where I want to be and that I'm meant to be? That's a great question. Um, so I don't, I don't know if this phenomenon is unique to folks who grew up in a small town or if this is um, more common to everyone, but... Um, Something that I experienced when I left my hometown was um, that feeling of coming back. You're driving back after you've been away for a long time, um, whether it's because you're living somewhere new or you're traveling or or what have you. For me, it was when I went off to school. Uh, And when you hit kind of the outskirts of your town as you're driving in, you just get this feeling kind of wash over you. Oh, I'm home. Um. And the first time I felt that as I was driving into College Station, that was a really special moment for me to know, okay, this place has become my home. Um, and College Station, Bryan College Station has changed so much in the short time since I've graduated. The classes that I took, the building that I took my classes in doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> you know, that was demolished right? <laughs> not long after I finished there. The home that I lived in was knocked down and remodeled. Um, so, you know, so, so much has changed so fast, but still as I'm driving into town, I get that feeling that washes over me that, ah, 
a little piece of me is home here. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think when, when I look back at my time at A&M, that feeling, it kind of embodies my experience there. Mm-hmm. I just think that that's something that's really unique mm-hmm. to Texas A&M as an institution. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Dr. Flucky, obviously there may never be another Katie who comes through (laughs) the doors. From the sounds of it, she has set the bar really, really high. (laughs) Yeah, you may be right. But what does the Department of Kinesiology and Sport Management have to continue to do to recruit students like Katie? Oh, well, hopefully... uh... That's a good question. Um, the one nice thing about Texas A&M University is that, uh, I, I don't know, I probably, I probably need to find better ways to phrase this, but I think in the state of Texas, you either come out of the womb bleeding maroon or bleeding burn orange. <laughs> um, and so I think that's a, a valuable asset that um, we have kids that basically from the time they start thinking about they're thinking about where they're going to go to college. And, mm-hmm. and of course, the, the two major universities, uh, which I'll not mention the other one again, is one of them is Texas A&M University, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if Katie, that's how she was, uh, um, whether she was always going to be an Aggie or not. Um, but I think that really helps us attract some really outstanding students. Mm-hmm. And then, um, especially coming out of high school, I'm not sure they're all well aware of how to search the websites and find out who's who and what's what when it comes to the academic stuff. Sure. Um, but once their foot's in the door, we got to make sure that um, we provide them with the type of education that uh, I've, I know I've said this before, but we, we can get their foot in the door. It's our job to make sure that they get to keep that foot in the door. And the only way we do that is to make sure that they're very well trained when they go into their you know, more professional or postgraduate work or, or whatever. Katie, is there anything else you would like to add today uh, before we kind of wrap things up? Yeah. um, One thing to build on our last question is um, that not only is Texas A&M a really special place, but the kinesiology department is also, I think, really special to me. Um, So, you know, when I think about my time at A&M, one of the things that really sticks out is the fact that uh, I had the opportunity to be or to feel really intimately involved in my coursework from the very beginning of my time there. Um, I think a lot of times you you get into school and you're sitting in some of those weed out classes like Dr. Flucky talked about a little bit, uh, and you don't always feel that connection to, to what you're studying. Um, and with the kinesiology program, I was involved in major specific classes from my very first semester. Um, and so that's something that I think is really special about the department. Um, and that will also help to attract some really rock star students. Um, because when you feel that connection, when you feel like you're studying information that's meaningful to you, that it is going to be clinically relevant in your physical therapy practice in just a few short years, it makes it so much easier for that information to stick and for it to matter to you. Um, So that's something that I think is, um, you know, that the department does really well. And I hope to see that continue. Yeah, that's a that's a great point. Is that something that you have also experienced just in your time teaching here that you really get kids involved right 
their freshman semester, that fall semester? Well, I, I, I didn't have too many freshmen. I've never, okay. I, I yeah. only taught seniors and mm-hmm. stuff, but, but you can see the nurturing that goes on, uh, goes along because, um, by the time they reach my class, you know, they're ready to go, sure. they're ready to rock. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I didn't necessarily use my class to further educate, but allow them to flex their intellectual mu- muscle, right? You give them these concepts and stuff and then they start piecing things together and it gives them an opportunity to just really they walk away much more gratified um because they were like oh i learned this like in junior year i i, need, I can apply this here now mm-hmm. and it it turns out to be just a a, a tremendous experience and mm-hmm. if i could follow up on one more thing if you, if you don't mind absolutely go ahead. um so the the American College of Sports Medicine, and I know Katie knew I was going to bring this up, but oh gosh, the American College of Sports Medicine has this national quiz bowl, like okay. like a Jeopardy game, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm not even sure that Texas A uh, and M even competed in this thing. You know, they might have. In I think we were in like the fourth or fifth one that that I was involved with, and I pulled Katie aside. She was in my uh, undergrad uh, exercise physiology class. I said, "Hey, Katie, let's." let's put a team together. Let's just do this. Uh-huh. And so uh, we did. We put a team together, and I, I, I can't remember. It was what, uh, Fort Worth, Katie, or Arlington? Yes. Yeah, Fort Worth, I think maybe. So. And, and so, you know, I, we put this team together. Um, I think two of them were currently in my class, and then one I'd taught the summer before or, or something, and we, mm-hmm. we put this team together. And, of course, they're studying to do this, you know, kinesiology quiz bowl, quiz bowl on, the, yeah. on, the way, on the drive <laughs> up from College Station. And lo and behold, we went and win, won the whole thing, right? So oh my we, gosh. we won the Texas region, and it's like, hey, let's go to nationals. And we were there's only been two national champions from this this state, and and we're one of them. We won the really? national title in the same year. So uh, yeah, Katie, Katie is very special. Um, I mean, we just that is an yeah, awesome story. Yeah, I'm so yeah. glad you told that. That's great. Katie, that wasn't your favorite memory from College Station? <laughs> that was a really good memory. That was a really good memory. Where Queen was of the nerds. It was in Orlando, I believe. Oh, okay. Yeah. <clears throat> so, um, yeah, we went over to Orlando, Florida, and and then end up winning the national title. And they won it running away. Yeah. I mean, it yeah. was they were they were totally awesome. That's great. Yep. That's great. Well, that's awesome. Guys, thank you so much for joining us today. Katie, especially you from afar, we really appreciate you making the time, especially because you are a very, very busy woman. <laughs> well, I, I'm very thankful to be included and to get some time to catch up with Dr. Flucky um, and just to get to visit with you, Chelsea. This is great. All right. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for listening to On The Move. You can catch our episodes while you're on the move by going to Spotify, Apple, or Google. And to learn more about the Department of Kinesiology and Sport Management, head to knsm.tamu.edu. This podcast is housed in the School of Education and Human Development at Texas A&M University, where we transform lives.